Welcome to Faith and Freedom. We hope to inform, inspire, and encourage you to stand up for faith and freedom as we discuss victories and challenges in the courts, in public policy, and in the culture. Faith and Freedom is brought to you by Liberty Council, a litigation, education, and policy organization. Join us now as we address the latest cultural issues across America and around the world. Last week, the U.S. Supreme Court heard a very important case involving a creative web designer. We're going to be talking about it on Faith and Freedom. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Joining me is Holly Mead. Yeah, you know, Matt, this was an important case regarding a Denver area website designer who has been subject to a Colorado state law that censors and coerces the speech of creative professionals like herself whose religious beliefs do not conform to state accepted beliefs. So they're trying to force her to do websites regarding same-sex marriage, which she does not believe according to her religious beliefs. Right. The case is a very important one. It pits free speech, not just religious free speech, but free speech in general, whether it's based on religious beliefs or not, against the LGBTQ agenda, particularly with this Colorado public accommodations law that sweeps into its ambit people like this individual who is a creative web designer. And what she does is she creates a separate website for each individual wedding. So she creates a special expressive content via the website design and celebrates a wedding which she believes is the union of a man and woman and so she cannot bring her creative skills to bear to celebrate and create something that would express support for a same-sex wedding but under Colorado's anti-discrimination act she would be punished for not offering the same services and so this particular argument, it went about two hours. It was very interesting to listen to. You know, it was interesting, too, because Jack Phillips, you know, the cake baker who went through the same kind of fight in Colorado, it's where he lives as well, he was there, too. He was at the uh, Supreme Court. Uh, it wasn't his case, but he has had uh, a multiple-year uh, run-in with Colorado's Anti-Discrimination Act because they wanted him to act contrary to his religious beliefs. And he's been required by Colorado to attend uh, what one of the justices said, a uh, re-education um, meeting. Now, the person representing the Colorado uh, said, well, they didn't consider it re-education, but just more information about Colorado's law. And the justice came back and said it was a re-education meeting. They wanted him to be re-educated about his views. And that's exactly right. I think after listening to the oral argument that we'll ultimately win this case, mm -hmm. Liberty Council filed an amicus brief with the high court in the 303 creative case. And uh, I think based upon how the arguments went, this should be a win. The case really focused on the issue of expressive activity. Individuals that uh, create words or symbols or displays that have some kind of creative component, uh, those individuals are eventually uh, targeted. And in fact, it's so broad, as was brought up in the uh, rebuttal time of the oral argument, that it applies, for example, to a soccer mom who wants to go online and create some kind of maybe photography uh, sort of side job and ultimately be forced to do things contrary to her beliefs. Now, there were a number of different hypotheticals that came up, and one of them that I thought was very interesting, which uh, the 
people representing Colorado, which was not only the attorney representing the state of Colorado, but also the United States Solicitor General, they came in on the wrong side of the case, but they had some significant admissions in the case that I think are helpful for an ultimate win of free speech over this LGBTQ agenda. But one of the one of the hypotheticals, and there's a lot of hypotheticals that the justices actually brought up, is what if you have a Santa in a mall, and there is a Santa uh, that is taking pictures, and those pictures are part of a creative thing. So that person, as the Santa Claus, is lending his particular image to the family's photos. And a little boy uh, comes up and wants to sit on Santa's lap and is dressed in a KKK outfit. Does the Santa have to sit there and say, okay, I'm going to smile with this KKK outfit sitting on my knee? Or does that Santa have the right to say no? I'm not going to put my image in association with something that is repulsive. Now, the interesting thing is that uh, the individuals representing Colorado said, no, you wouldn't have to do that, that uh, you wouldn't have to do that because that kind of offensive speech, they were basically cutting out of First Amendment protection. But that didn't go very well with some of the justices because... Then where do you draw the line? Yeah, because they were saying it's okay, you don't want to be racist, but then you, but it's okay to, to make this web designer, Lori Smith, have to create a same-sex marriage website. That's right. You know, some of the, uh, the, some of the justices that would be perhaps on the other side of this issue, uh, they tried to raise arguments that made it sound like, well, what happens if you did not want to celebrate or you did not want to have anything creative with respect to race. So, for example, someone comes to you and uh, they want to present some kind of image, but it is based upon race. And you say, well, if you're a racist and you don't want to have that expression that you only, for example, do things for Caucasians and not for African-Americans, Uh, They tried to ask those kinds of questions. Does that extend that far? Uh, But when we came up to the Santa Claus, and the Santa Claus would be part of an expressive creation of an image, lending his image to that creative artwork, uh, there was an admission that that Santa Claus would not have to sit there and tolerate a person sitting on his lap with a KKK outfit and consequently, there. So, if that's the case, which that's I think a that's true, though, yeah. then why not here? Yeah. The other thing is that the Solicitor General actually acknowledged that this case is a tough case because it does involve what he admitted was speech, but he also said that it involves some actual action. So, speech uh, plus action, and therefore the action can be censored. They also then tried to those that were on the other side. Uh, argue that, well, this would allow someone, if, if the creative website designer were to win, to prohibit someone from coming into your restaurant, for example, and giving them a meal because they are racist. They don't want to serve someone of a certain race. But that's completely different. You know, coming to a restaurant or going into a hotel is a completely different service where you're providing that out there for everyone with this public accommodation versus someone who is in the creative designing 
These are individuals who would otherwise, um, whether they create something brand new or whether they take other kinds of existing photos, but they're putting a creative spin on it. If they are forced to carry a government message, then all creativity is crushed. In fact, in our brief, uh, we pointed out a number of different kinds of plays. For example, theatrical productions, they convey thought-provoking messages. Uh, the Michael Fryan's Copenhagen is a fictional account of an actual meeting during World War II in which two physicists share heated words and profound thoughts about the controversial development of the atom bomb. One of the men is a scientist who is attempting to harness the power of the atom for use by Germany, and the other scientist speaks from the perspective of a Danish citizen whose country has been taken over by the Third Reich. They have a disagreement about whether or not you should create some destructive mechanism like this. It's part of the Copenhagen theatrical performance. Obviously, if the government came in and said, you have to only express a certain view, even though it's repugnant to you, uh, great creative works would ultimately be threatened. There's the Arthur Miller. He wrote The Crucible in 1953, responding in large part to the threat to civil liberties presented by those attempting to uncover communists in America. Realizing that he could not write directly on the topic, he used the Salem witch trials as the backdrop to sound the alarm. As the film was being made into the uh, mid-1990s, Mr. Miller explained that so many practices of the Salem trials were similar to those employed by the congressional committees. So in his book, The Crucible, He's trying to express a specific view. The point is, whether it's a, a writing, whether it's a website, whether it's a person who creates cakes or other kinds of expressive activities, to force them to promote a same-sex marriage contrary to their sincere religious beliefs or to their beliefs in general is a violation of the First Amendment. Continue to pray for this case as the justices now have already voted, and we don't know which way it's going, but the decision will come out in 2023. You've been listening to Faith and Freedom, brought to you by Liberty Council. We hope that we have motivated you to stand up for your faith, family, and freedom. Get informed and get involved today. Visit Liberty Council's website at lc.org, where you can obtain email alerts and other information to keep you informed and involved. The website again, lc.org. You can also call us at 407-875-1776.